Welcome to the Quest Express, your passport to immersive travel experiences and cozy conversations. For curious explorers who understand the art of slow travel, we're your go-to podcast. Every few weeks, we touch the heartbeat of a new city where we chat with artists, innovators, historians, and entrepreneurs who make each city come alive. The Quest Express is not just a podcast, it's your ultimate slow travel companion. It's an invitation to begin your own quest. If you didn't catch Tuesday's episode, you can click on it, meet Luisella Romeo, to hear a little bit more about her origin story and how she became a tour guide. Today, we're going to get a little further into her tours and attempt to uncover the mysterious origin story of Venice. I was last in Venice in 2015, and I remember the person I was with, it was evening, and I was really having a low blood sugar, getting irritated, and I wanted to eat, and we were lost for probably two and a half hours. And at the time, I was very irritated, but then I realized, oh, well, this is, this is the whole point. Did you get your sugar in the end? Yes, I did get my sugar and my pasta. So I had written down here the Doge's Palace, Gramani Palazzo, Reflections in Light, a Music in Venice, yeah. and for the experiences, Masks and Theater, Silk Velvet and Fashion, Marble Paper. For all of these experiences that I just mentioned, how many would you recommend per week? You consider often uh, when it comes uh, to artisans, so you mentioned the silk, you mentioned the marble. Uh, these are all tours you need to um, give me time to arrange uh, because there will be artisans involved. Many, for instance, come to Venice and on a weekend they want to visit Murano and its glass. Okay, so that's a, a great experience. And not many realize on the weekend those places are not open. Mm -hmm. they, they have regular workshops, so they will have uh, their weekend off. So that's one thing. That's why I would say, yes, a couple a week uh, or once a week uh, would be great. And then I need, of course, you to give me time <laughs> to arrange because I needed to contact the marble paper, to contact the librarian, to go and see the books or the ones that make a gold leaf to understand if they have other visitors at the same time. We want an exclusive one, so we will not be there with other tourists, but they will be just us. Mm -hmm. And then I would say also consider that, for instance, the fishermen, you know, the fishermen experience, which is really nice. Emma mm. Thompson, the actress, also took the same tour, not mm. with me, but mm -hmm. with the fishermen and loved it. Again, uh, you needed to understand their seasons or if the weather is not good, uh, the, um, the rowing class uh, or the sailing class uh, cannot uh, take place. So this requires uh, more flexibility. And then just be ready to immerse yourself in something that it's unique. Because if it's true that sailing you can do in Australia, as in Florida or at the Hawaii's, in Venice, the Laguna is unique. So the way you move around with a boat is completely different from the other places. Consider just that the average depth of the water reaches your waist. So that's already <laughs> telling you how 
easy it would be to get stuck. So I would love to get your recommendation. Enough about me. I'd love to get your recommendation from a first visitor's experience point of view. Um, if someone had never been to Venice before, let's say they'd never even been to Italy before. And so they were coming for the first time. How many days do you think would be a good amount of time? I would say a week, uh, five days uh, that for a first visit enough. Mm -hmm. And then if you like it, which I hope you will, uh, you will be back. Uh, and let's say every time you come to Venice, there's always a something new to mm. see. I have friends uh, who were clients from Boston. Uh, we become friends and they have been visiting every year and they stayed mm. three weeks every time. And they never got bored. Actually, the list of uh, things they wanted to do or see got longer and mm -hmm. longer. Also, don't cons don't forget that I have some specializations. So, of course, I don't know which kind of a person you're thinking of, but I run tours for people with disabilities, mm -hmm. and in particular for people that need a wheelchair Beautiful. and that cannot see. Mm, so, I visually impaired. Uh, for instance, the rowing class uh, you mentioned, I will soon run for a client who's blind. And wow. I've done this already a couple of times uh, with people that really could not see and had not seen anything since they were born. And you would say, I cannot think of somebody rowing like a gondolier standing on one of these gondolas uh, and rowing in the canals of Venice. And if, if you're blind, in fact, this is uh, absolutely not true. You can do it. And it's actually for me a very... A nice experience because I discovered something thanks to these people. I remember last time we went rowing down a canal and this lady said, oh, somebody has just done their laundry. I can smell. <laughs> and in fact, right there, you had the laundry hanging from the, from the, from the window. And then she noticed we were turning because the wind changed and she could feel in the oar the resistance of the current of the water going the other side. Then with the wheelchair, that's another interesting challenge. And many think, okay, Venice has 439 bridges. I will never bring my friend or my mom or my son who cannot walk in such an unfriendly place. And in fact, it's incredible, but you can see a lot of the city just using boats, moving around on public transportation and being on a on a wheelchair that's a, a whole world which um, i address uh, thanks to some travel agents as in that case we do need somebody that will take care of uh, transportation and accommodation which is meeting the requirement of the person but you know when people write me i'm on a wheelchair i would like to come to venice then i know how to approach uh, i know mm -hmm that you needed to ask how large, how heavy, some uh, steps up are still possible or not. You needed to know the size of the wheelchair or to find a wheelchair that will be for the trip. So how soon in advance is, is a good amount of time and what can people expect um, in terms of your availability if, let's say, they're starting to get wanderlust a little and after this podcast, they book their ticket how to much be, time do you need 
well, it depends on when they're coming because there are moments of the year which is incredible, but Venice is almost quiet. When is the best time to come for a first, someone who's never been? The best time in terms of weather, everybody agrees, is May and June. But it will also be September and October. Okay. Uh, August is too hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, July gets humid, stuffy. Mm-hmm. So unless you say, okay, I do a tour in the early morning and then I go to the beach the rest of the day, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know some families don't have a choice. So there are many families right now visiting because their kids are on holiday now. But you need to know that you cannot plan more than three or four hours as it's sometimes not today, but usually it's very, very hot. So the best time is, uh, let's say, May, June, uh, September, October. But if you want to see Venice very quiet, then it's December and it's January. Okay, fair enough. So let's say a documentarian approached you and said, I want to make a documentary about you, not only about you, but, but about, you know, a day in the life. Would that be something that you would be interested in doing ever? You talking about the history and every, because you're a wealth of knowledge, is that something you'd consider? I've done this in the past during COVID, as I had a lot of people, uh, of journalists that asked me, interviewed me because I was running uh, these live tours from afar. And that was nice because they came here with a camera and they filmed him, filmed me while I was filming and <laughs> uh, uh, doing the tour for people that were not present then. And that was fun. So sure, why not? Uh, last year, I had uh, an opportunity to work with a um, German artist, Maria Eichhorn, on special tours I still run on uh, Second World War, on uh, the Holocaust, what happened during the last two years of war in uh, Second World War in Venice, regarding also how deportation took place and such. And so she decided to film me while doing this tour. Eventually, instead of filming me during the tour, we did a film of the tours. We did the three films. They were broadcast also online. I don't know, Mm. maybe one day they will be posted so you can uh, view them anytime. At the moment, they're not. And I found it very um, fun. At the, very, very, at the beginning, but, you know, sometimes it's tiring to have to repeat the same mm-hmm. piece more than once. So I'm more of a person that needs um, mm-hmm. our guests uh, yeah. right in front of me or online to get the passion out. Otherwise, it's um, lacking the, the emotion. But um, I'm not an actress. I, I mean, I, I like it, but at the same time, I realize that if I don't have that person right now in front of me, and I don't see how they react. I don't feel how they react. I don't know where to go. Okay, mm. so I'm like a, a cat, you know, that understands if the person in front of you <laughs> is scared, is interested, is intrigued. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I have. S- Lots of intuition in that sense. Mm-hmm. Mentioned Maria. The thing that really fascinates me about different cities, how their culture was created, 
I don't think we can leave today without talking about the history of Venice. And so I had always thought or heard the mythology of Venice was that it was a city of refugees escaping Attila the Hun, building their refuge on a marsh. Tell us the truth. What is the truth? Is that true? Is it a myth? Is it is it still a mystery? Because I think we can tell a lot about a city based on the DNA of how the city was created. And I would love for you to talk about that a little bit. So I must say that it was a lot of fun for me. I think it was uh, in 2015 when for the first time I really understood that, that what I had told for 15 years was not true. So, you know, the story you mentioned about refugees, about Venice as a Byzantine city, a city that was uh, born under the pressure of the fall of the Roman Empire. This is a story which you can still read in plenty of guidebooks, and it's still the official version of the story. At the same time, 20 and more years ago, some historians, together with archaeologists, together with fishermen, mm-hmm. have joined their knowledge of Venice and are changing the vision of the history of Venice. So, you know, it's easy also for anybody coming to Venice. Can it really be true that somebody as a refugee came to some lagoon where there was no water to drink, uh, where there was no bad rock where to build, uh, where anything you planted because of the soil died, a place where you needed boats uh, to bring anything around, and anybody around, can it be that in a quick, short time, a city could be built on such an unfriendly place? Logically, it sounds incredible, but at the same time, this served the ancient historians of Venice to tell that Venice is a magical place which uh, was inhabited by heroes who defied uh, a very unfriendly place, but managed to create a beautiful town, not just beautiful, but also incredibly wealthy. So questions arise uh, naturally without any help of uh, archaeologists' discovery. The thing is uh, that when uh, a few years ago, uh, excavation, the digging, the archaeological digging was made on the very first island, Torcello, considered the very first settlement. They went down, 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 and they reached the level of uh, the time of the Roman Empire and its fall when it fell. And they said, okay, now the truth will come because if we find something below this level, which is part of some human civilization, then the story of the refugees is not correct. And in fact, that's what they found. They found the remains of port structures. They found very interesting um, remains. And especially, they found no gap. So suppose that Torcello had been inhabited and then somebody left. And then with the Roman Empire, somebody came back. Then this would still justify the story of the refugees. But it did not. So what they found is that Torcello was already there at the time of the Roman Empire. Now, the thing is that north of Venice, you don't have just Torcello, but you have also areas which are now only marshland, where fishermen dragging their nets 
found remains of frescoes of a villa, found vases. They found these in the marsh? They found the frescoes in... in under, the, under the water. Okay. You see, fishermen also are very helpful for archaeologists' discoveries because they are the ones who have to work in the water of the lagoon. Mm -hmm. And so not just they found the archaeological remains uh, dragging their nets, their fishing nets, but they also go around the lagoon placing their wooden posts uh, with nets mm -hmm. and creating barriers, uh, nets, uh, where the fish gets caught. And they know where sticking the wooden piling into the water into the lagoon, they know where the ground is not as soft as mud should be, but they found rocks, okay? So when they found the rocks, basically they found Roman roads, which now are lying under the water. So wow. the archaeologists said, okay, you fishermen take us where you cannot place a post and we'll do our <laughs> research. But of course, it's all underwater, so you really have to do scuba diving or isolating the area. So it's incredibly fascinating because unlike the rest of uh, the archaeological research in the world, which is basically digging in a solid ground or some soil, Venice is a city which poses different challenges and asks you to go under the water, under the, the mud. The problem is that now that we are understanding, thanks to these archaeologists, fishermen, art historians of the kind of Vladimiro Dovrigo, now the problem is who founded Venice? Mm -hmm. This is still unknown. It's time to book flights to Venice. Well, if you're going to do that, make sure you reach out to Luisella right away so that she can Make sure that she has availability and start arranging your unique customized tour and experience. Go to cvenice.it and I look forward to catching you in a couple days for the conclusion of our discussion. 